everyone, Jason Engelman here, CEO of Freaky Fast Home Buyers and Investments. You're listening to our new podcast, uh, Brick by Brick, Building Wealth in Single Family. I appreciate you hopping on and, and listening to this, whether you're watching on YouTube or maybe you've got one of the podcast channels. You're able to find this podcast uh, on like all platforms. And so I, I do appreciate you taking time to uh, listen to what I have to say. I know there's hundreds thousands of podcasts out there from investment uh, capital to uh, murder and uh, cold cases and sports and news and and uh, all different types of uh, things that you can uh, take time and and unwind I guess but the reason for this podcast is just to help put some information out there um, concerning the real estate market specifically single-family homes to allow the investor to be able to take the information, decipher it, meditate on it, um, mull it over, and try to come up with smart decisions for their investment portfolio. The idea is we want to help families build wealth through single-family homes. We want to help build generational wealth. I think that's a term that gets thrown around a lot, whether you're listening to a, a guru on stage or you're reading a book or you're listening to a podcast or maybe you're part of an investment group, a mastermind, an RIA. And the idea is you want to create generational wealth. You want your family to be able to be set up. Maybe you're uh, still in your 30s or 40s and you got a great job and you're making good money and you're wanting to set that money up to work for you. Maybe you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, you've been investing for a long time and you have already kind of got to that place in your life where you got good generational wealth set up, but you also know that times are changing. The dollar doesn't go as far as it did 10, 15 years ago, and you want to make sure that you have enough money to live on, uh, especially since people are living a lot longer these days. And on top of that, you want to still be able to leave that money to your children or your grandchildren. So it's this constant I got to improve, I've got to keep my money working for me, I got to keep making money. As nice as it sounds to be able to just get in a sailboat and sail around Greece and, uh, all, and explore all these different islands and maybe go down the Caribbean, like it costs money to do that. At the same time, you also need to continue uh, uh, taking care of your day-to-day. -day. So what can I invest in that's going to be safe, that's going to be low risk, that's going to provide good distributions for me on a monthly basis to create that cash flow so that I can uh, live a good life, that I can pay my bills, that I can go and travel and, and do the things that I want to do. Um, you know, real estate is one of those investments that people seem to understand. Uh, they think in some ways they understand, and it's amazing to me how little they actually understand the game. Uh, you know, they read the books. Um, they, they hear that I think it's like 90% of all millionaires uh, were, uh, created their wealth by real estate investing and, and so forth, and it's something crazy like that. Um, it's, it's interesting to me though just the little um, information or knowledge out there. I, I feel like people seem to feel like they understand real estate a lot better because they own houses or maybe they have a couple of rental properties or you know their granddad had a couple of rental properties and, and shared how much of a nightmare it was dealing with tenants and so you have this uh, delusional concept of real estate or a um, <clears throat> 
a concern of why you don't necessarily want to get in. A lot of people, they're afraid to take risk, you know, and they feel like for whatever reason, Wall Street's a lot safer. Uh, stock markets are, uh, you know, a safer place to put capital. And, and so there's just all this information out there. The whole idea for this podcast is to kind of just share opportunities on how you can make money, but then also share about what we're doing as a company and how you can be a part of Freaky Fast and how you can uh, put your money to work from a passive uh, position and still create type of returns that as, that as, if, as if you were actively doing the work yourself. And so that's kind of the concept behind Freaky Fast. Last week was our first inaugural podcast. We talked a lot about the market, where the indicators of uh, a downturn were really just apparent. Uh, I mean, it was showing red flags all across the board. However, there were indicators, though, that contradicted those concerns, those red flags, with why it is going to stay very, very similar to where it's at now. Maybe go up, maybe go down a little bit, but nothing catastrophic. And so we kind of dived into that a little bit. Um, not to just kind of be like Eeyore and negative all the time, but it's still a top uh, topic right now. It's still a major concern. And so I, I just kind of want to dive into a little bit of, hey, the market's crashing. What do I do? And I, I want to be able to provide good quality information. This is stuff that I have to keep telling myself. You know, it's like a preacher. You, you preach a message and then you gotta go Monday through Saturday and live what you preached. And as a real estate investor, as the CEO of a real estate company that I manage funds and I manage properties, I, I gotta live by this too. And so the information I'm gonna give is, is what I kind of have to remind myself. So let's just start from square one. Market crashes tomorrow. It's awful, it's bad. Um, everything that we've been seeing for the last six months were, was correct and, and it's gonna get really, really dicey. And people are losing money both in the stock market, they're losing money in real estate, the values of homes are going down, um, houses on the market um, are staying on the market a lot longer, um, lenders aren't lending, they're tightening the ropes, and capital is drying up. Right now, it feels like capital is, uh, it, capital is drying up. And the main reason for capital drying up is I think a lot of investors are just absolutely scared, so they're hoarding their money. Um, some they're hoarding because they want to take advantage of this market collapse. Others, they just want to survive and, and make sure they have enough uh, funds in the bank. So the mindset is I'm going to keep the capital. So you have a lot of these opportunities out there and there's just not enough funds to come in. You're seeing larger companies maybe completely transitioning, pivoting. Um, I've even seen, seen some shut their doors and they weren't even in a bad situation. They just, I guess, uh, capitalized on a good market and they're like, you know what? We don't have the energy to fight a bad market. We're just going to close down. Um, and so it's, it's just a wild, wild time. It's the wild west for sure. Uh, in the real estate market. So the market collapses, what do I do? Number one, this is the most important thing. It's the hardest thing, the hardest thing, but it's the most important thing, and that is keep your head. I say it all the time, it's so true, and it's something I have to remind myself, and that is very difficult. There's times where I'm in my office and I'm stressed out, like just absolutely stressed. A deal went south, or you know, uh, deals extended, or whatever the case. 
and I'm and I'm stressed, or maybe I made commitments to purchase some property and and funds haven't become available yet. So there's this constant um, demand of my time and my focus, and that can be very very frustrating. It can be very stressful. It can be very exhausting. That is for sure. Keep your head. You have to keep your head. My favorite movie of all time, Wonderful Life, uh, voted the greatest movie in, by many, many people, experts in, in cinema. There's a scene where Jimmy Stewart's character, George Bailey, is being offered a job by Old Man Potter, the richest and also the meanest and evilest man in town. And he makes this statement. He says, George, when there was that bank run, two people in town kept their head, me and you. And that's why we're having this conversation. And to me, that's always stuck out to me because so many people freak out. So many people listen to the news. They listen to the media. They listen to you know, all the other Eeyores in the world, the you know, chicken little skies falling, and it allows them to get into this place of despair. Believe me, it happens to me. I, don't, I, I know it's going to happen. I know what's happening, and, and I know I'm supposed to fight that, and it still happens. I gotta practice what I preach, but keep your head. Here's why it's so important to keep your head. Because most people don't. And when most people don't, opportunities arise. And when opportunities arise, there's usually very few people that can take advantage of that opportunity. So if you can keep your head, if you can stay focused, if you can keep from freaking out, panicking, you'll be able to take advantage of what other people do. I mentioned it last week in the podcast, and you know, Warren Buffett, you know, Famous quote, uh, I'm fearful when others are greedy and I'm greedy when others are fearful. When people are panicking, that's when you have the opportunity to really take advantage. And I think that's super important to always remember is be prepared. Um, you know, one of the things that I love sports, absolutely love sports. I'm a huge Ohio State Buckeye fan. I remember in 2020, we were in the national championship playing Alabama, and we had Trey Sermon. He had just went off the game before against Clemson in the semifinals, and on the very first play, he gets hit, and he goes out of the game, and he tore, I think it was his meniscus or his ACL or MCL or whatever it was. He was done. I mean, the very first play. And Ohio State never seemed to recover from that. It seemed to shake up the game plan that Ryan Day had put in place. And we ended up getting our butts kicked. And it reminds me that at times we have this game plan and then life throws us a curveball and it's like, whoa, I don't know what to do. I panic, I freeze, I maybe tighten up. I, I, I get maybe a little bit more conservative in my play calling. I, I, I freak out, I, I don't necessarily know how to pivot. Audibles and pivots are so important. That's why Peyton Manning was so good. Omaha, Omaha, he always had these audibles and he could read defenses and whatever the defense gave him, he would, he would switch it. And in business, I think that's so important. And the only way to do that is if you keep your head, if you're prepared. Have a plan A, but have plan B, plan C. I know some people, especially gurus, ah, oh, you know, if you have a plan B or plan C, basically what you're telling yourself is that you're going to set yourself up for failure with plan A. And I can understand that to an extent. But the thing that we can never always uh, count on is life. We never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So you're supposed to enjoy today. You know, you can stress out about life today and then tomorrow um, the best things happen in the world and, and you're okay. Or you walk outside, get hit by a bus, and everything you stressed about the day before just literally makes 
absolutely no sense. It's meaningless. So keep your head. Don't allow fear to dictate your emotions. It's okay to be afraid, but uh, you have to be brave. Without fear, there's no such thing as bravery. So, you, so it's okay to be afraid, but be brave. Keep your head. Be smart. Number two, if the market crashes today and things go down, I think people are always waiting for the bottom. And so they, they wait and they wait and they wait and they wait. And I get the, the theory behind that. The problem though is when you wait and you wait and you wait, you may miss out. You know, for example, a lot of people thought it was gonna collapse last year and it didn't. Now it struggled third, fourth, first quarter was a struggle. Um, we've seen the third quarter of this year be a struggle. But if you look back in the second quarter of this year, April, May, and June was fairly strong months for the real estate market. In fact, prices bounced up. Why? Because there was enough inventory. People, even though interest rates went up, people are still wanting to buy. And because of that, uh, prices stayed, to the chagrin of many uh, experts, relatively uh, the same. And because of that, um, it kind of gave us this sense of the market's going to go back up. And then third quarter, July and August, things really slowed down. September was a horrible month across the board for just about any investor, uh, unless if you're in oil and gas, where oil prices went up to 90 a barrel. But real estate, it really struggled. Uh, the stock market really struggled. Investors lost quite a bit in the stock market in September. Problem is, we just don't know what the bottom is. Again, kind of going back to Warren Buffett, I buy when it's low. If it goes lower, I buy more. If it continues to go lower, I buy more. So if you could buy a house today at 20% um, of a savings, and then it drops in six months to 30%, you know that it's going to go back up. You know that it's eventually going to come back to where it was and, and, and eventually appreciate it and even go higher than where it was. So if it drops, it's okay. Don't panic. Don't freak out. Just find money to go buy another property when it drops at 30% and then 40%. Now, realistically, it's, it's very, very rare or it's, it's a um, low percentage that it's going to drop 40%. Uh, some people think it might in some of these bigger markets where things just ballooned. But re realistically, uh, in markets where we're, like, where we're investing, like Ohio and, and throughout the Midwest and Southeast and some of these secondary markets, it's very unlikely for it to have that big of a drop-off. There's a lot of homes with a lot of equity in them, and that's going to sustain the market somewhat. Um, rental prices are going up. So, for example, if your house uh, goes down in value, just rent it out. Even in 2008, 2009, 2010, when the markets crashed and we lost 30, 40% of values in a lot of uh, markets, the rental prices stayed pretty consistent. In some cases, they went up. So there's ways to pivot. There's ways to take advantage of what's going on and, and be successful in it. Don't make the mistake of waiting and waiting and waiting. Too many people sit on the sidelines and they miss out on the opportunities. Now's the time to take advantage. The most important thing is cash flow. You gotta generate cash flow. There's times in my market or in, in, in my day-to-day uh, -day, uh, uh, workplace, 
I'm looking at my cash flow and I'm realizing, man, my cash flow is lower than where it needs to be. I need to increase that cash flow. Um, you know, here's where I need to be. I'm here. I need to get here. What can I do? What, where do I need to pivot? Do I have a couple houses that are sitting on the market and, it, and they're taking a little bit longer? Um, all right, let me go ahead and, and rent those out and let's get that cash flow up. You know, I was anticipating a 60, 90 day uh, uh, cash cycle conversion. It's over that 90 day. Now it's 120, it's 160, 190. I got to do something. So let's get a cash flowing. So you have to make these pivots. You have to understand what's going on and how you can uh, change the game in, in such a way, change the momentum. Momentum is such an important thing and it's always out there for grasp. There's always people trying to grab momentum. And what's incredible is whether you believe in science or you believe in God or you believe in just um, uh, the energy or whatever, it seems to me when somebody has momentum, it attracts more momentum. It attracts other things to it. And, and a lot of times, um, that's just the case. You know, you got good things going and it, people take notice and then it creates more momentum. So be active, be playing the game. At the end of the day, investing is a game. You hear all the gurus say it. Now I understand maybe if you're fairly new to investing, you're like, well, you know, I worked really hard for this money, I can't afford to lose it. There's two thoughts behind it. If you can't afford to lose it, then you shouldn't be playing with it. But the other part of me uh, who says, hey, if you're ever gonna get to the next level, you're gonna have to start playing the game. You're gonna have to start putting that money to work or you're always gonna be in that hamster wheel just trying to make more money. That's why sales guys, right? They're sales managers. Once they get a big sale, hey, what are you gonna go do with that commission check? You're gonna buy a new car, you're gonna buy a house, you're gonna get a nice fancy apartment. They're constantly trying to get them to spend that bonus check so they work hard again to get that next bonus check. And so they're living in this hamster wheel of having to get the next big sale to get that next big check because they spent the previous one. How do I get out of that hamster wheel living check by check? How do I get out of that hamster wheel of making really good money but I just don't seem to be getting ahead? You have to get into the game. You have to start getting that money working for you. And the way you do that is by taking opportunities. Don't sit on the sidelines just waiting and waiting and waiting because what's gonna happen is I guarantee at the big boys right now, they're holding on to cash but they're also buying. They're gonna buy when they, when they get a good deal. Maybe they're waiting three months, maybe they're waiting a few months uh, just to see what happens in the first quarter next year, but I guarantee it they're gonna come in and they're gonna soak up a lot of those deals. So don't get caught sitting on the sidelines too long. Third thing is look for opportunities that are creating immediate pa passive cash flow. Right now, our equity fund that we have here at Freaky Fast, it's a vulture fund that allows us to go in and scoop up really good deals as they come our way. Uh, someone hears, hey, uh, Freaky Fast is currently buying, they have capital that they're wanting to put to work, and we've got distressed properties, there's an emergency or whatever the case, we need to get rid of it, let's call it Freaky Fast. Our Vulture Fund is there to scoop up those properties and get them at a major discounted price to create immediate equity for our investors. However, we're also buying turnkey properties that are cash flowing. So in that hold pattern, as we 
buy that house, rehab that house, and then dispo that house into either a rental property or into a property we're gonna list on the market to sell to a homeowner. We've got turnkey properties that are currently cash flowing, providing monthly dividend checks. Look for opportunities that is going to create cash flow. You gotta get that money working. That's why passive income producing funds in the real estate market is such an attractive place to park capital. If you're sitting in, if you've got money sitting in the bank and you're waiting for the next deal, maybe you should look at putting it into a fund that is generating money for you that's always looking for deals. For example, our fund, it's a $10 million fund. You could put a hundred thousand into the fund, own 1% of the fund, and you're going to be able to start generating money right off the bat with properties that are, that are currently cash flowing. But then let's say we have another investor come in with a million and now we buy a million dollars worth of properties that we're going to rehab, create a large equity play, get that cash flow. It's going to take six months. Your hundred thousand is not only currently cash flowing for you based off that property that's in the fund that's turnkey and already rented, but now you have a percentage of that, of the properties that that million dollars just purchased. And so now you have an opportunity of taking advantage of the deals that are coming along our way that we're able to scoop in and pick up three, six, nine months down the road. And yet that money that you're sitting on waiting for that deal six months down the road has been working for you for that six months. It hasn't been sitting in the bank, losing the value of the dollar. It's cash flowing. But then as those deals come down the road uh, and we're able to acquire them, you get to still take advantage of that. That's why funds are, again, such an attractive investment strategy right now. So my encouragement to you, don't lose your head. Don't panic. There is a really good chance that things are going to get a lot worse. There's a chance that maybe it doesn't. And maybe we freaked out a little prematurely. You know, I remember, I remember my dad telling me this. His uh, professor in college uh, many, many years ago, many moons ago, told him this. Don't get too hyped over good news because things are never as good as they seem. However, don't get too discouraged over bad news because things are never as bad as they seem. And I thought that was very, very important advice and wisdom. If you could say even killed, celebrate the wins, maybe grieve the losses, but don't get too caught up in either or because they're never as good or as bad as they seem. And appreciate the moment, appreciate the now, and appreciate the good things. You know, my wife had to tell me this literally just today, so I'm, I'm giving her the credit. Um, it's been a tough month. We've had deals literally go south a day or two before closing where the buyers backed out. One completely ghosted us. It's discouraging. I have to go to the investors and say, hey, there's delays. Um, there's profits that were going to be made to help uh, put more cash flow into our company. And so that, that strain um, can be discouraging. And my wife had to remind me, yes, but you just had the biggest deal of your life go under contract. Uh, and it looks very promising, like it's going to go through and there's really nothing in the horizon to derail that. Uh, you just had this win. You just had that win. And it reminded me that I got to appreciate the good. I got to look at the wins. Don't allow the losses to take up so much of the time. People always do that. You can make a lot of great money with this group, but then as soon as you have one deal like go bad, 
oh boy, they're the worst company ever. And it's like, no, they just made you quite a bit of money and you just have one deal not work out. Uh, you know, you always look at the negative. We have that tendency as people. And instead, we have to look at the good. We have to look at, at the blessings that God has given us. We have to look at um, all the positives. We have to look at the important things in life. Because, um, you know, things going on in the Middle East right now, it really brings a lot of uh, things to perspective. You could have woken up and, and lost a family member to a bombing or to a raid, um, but you didn't. And so losing 5%, 10% in the stock market is just not that bad compared to losing a loved one unexpectedly. So appreciate the moments. Appreciate the good things. And just stay even killed. Keep your head. Just keep working. When there's an elephant in the room and you have to eat it, eat it one bite at a time. And eventually you'll get through it. It may rain today. It may rain tomorrow. It may rain for a week. But there's a promise that's always come true the sun will come back up. I'm Jason Engelman. You've been listening to our new podcast, Brick by Brick, Building Wealth in Single Family Homes. Have a great day.